Welcome to the Lab Podcast, where we empower women to use the repertoire to heal and thrive. I'm Lynn Rain. I'm Regina Chow Trammell. And I'm Yvette Latende. We are Latina, Asian, and Black professional women. There is a need for professional women to share their perspectives while navigating our roles. We cover cultural ways of thinking that shape this discussion and share practical tips for managing stress, thinking through identity, navigating life stage change, and living in abundance. This is The Lab. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is on self-care, which I think is such an important topic for professional working women. Um, You know, I always say we always tend to put ourselves last and put everyone else first. So I think this is such an important topic, and I'm so glad that we're making time for self-care today. So when we think about self-care, I think most of us think as, you know, few different ways of thinking of self-care. Some of us think of self-care as a reward to ourselves for working hard, such such as I'll buy myself some ice cream because I finished this project or I had a major accomplishment. I'm going to go take myself to the spa. At other times, we think of self-care as relaxation, such as getting a massage or taking a bubble bath. And, you know, while these are great things to do for ourselves, that's not really what self-care is. There's more to self-care than that. So self-care is about taking care of your physical, psychological, social, and spiritual self. So what do I mean by this? I'll give you some examples of what I mean about this holistic self-care approach. Um, Physically, it means scheduling your annual physical checkups with your physician. It means getting that blood work done to make sure everything, you know, making sure that you're healthy. It means exercises. Sorry, exercising. It means um, uh, eating healthy and, you know, paying attention to your nutrition. Um, It also means taking care of our emotional and psychological self, such as going to therapy to work on things that are causing pain in our life or to work on past family of origin, you know, issues that you may have. It also means setting boundaries in your social life and ending toxic relationships. It also, you know, this is the one that surprises people. It also means getting your car serviced so that it runs properly and not let you stranded. It means getting new tires for your car when they need to be replaced. So it's interesting because when I mentioned the car being serviced, most women are really surprised that that's an act of self-care, but it'll prevent something bad from happening to you, like getting, you know, into a car accident or leaving you stranded in the middle of the road in the middle of the night. So this is all part of self-care. Self-care also means taking care of our spiritual selves. So we can do this by meditating, by spending time in prayer or spending time in nature. So I'm going to dive into this. Um, Regina and Yvette, how do you define self-care? I love these. I love the car thing. I was thinking about that. Or even people who take public transportation, right? Making sure you know the route and you're safe. I've never thought of it that way, Lynn. And it's it's true. Some of it's prevention work. And what I heard, kind of what the theme of what I heard you say is kind of this attunement and awareness. So a lot of my research is on burnout and stress. And the things we know about self-care is really not just what we do, but how we do it. Right. And so self-care is really this kind of observation of yourself as you're doing it. Maybe one day you want to 
have that massage. And that was really meaningful for you. But the next day I was a joke about this, but I remember being stressed out last year and just being my self care today is I'm going to lie in bed and eat an apple and just stare into space because that's just what I need. I need very low stimulation and I need something crunchy and sweet to eat. The gardener, this is part of my self care. The gardener comes in and sweeps and makes sure my, my backyard is clean. So sometimes it is throwing resources at the problem so that we can have self-care, but it's attunement, right? And so the other thing I want to say about self-care, um, just how I conceptualize it, a lot of this is work on mindfulness. It's it's being able to make sure that our, yeah, our spirit is right, our emotions are right. And mindfulness has been really powerful for me in that regard, because it helps me evaluate what my priorities are for the day or the week. I have to kind of, you know, life comes at us as professional women pretty strongly and all at once. And we can find ourselves in a state of reaction versus observation. And so I think attuning into ourselves, kind of listening in um, and having other people speak into that. Maybe we're also unaware of what's happening inside of us. My husband knows me so well. <laughs> he he can pick up on my breathing patterns and can tell I'm stressed. And I'm like, I don't like it doesn't feel good that he knows that much about me sometimes. <laughs> I just, I don't want that to be, but it's a form of self-care to have him speak in and be like, Regina, tell you're stressed out and I'm not even aware of it. So that's my short and uh, kind of a summary of what I think is self-care. How about you, Yvette? I love the way you ended that, talking about people around you that care, that also say, hey, I see that you're tired and that's enough. And I see that you're overwhelmed and we're going to outsource some of the things that we have to do, like the, the gardening or taking care of the car and those kinds of things. Um, for me, self-care is about priorities and values um, because a big part of self-care that I heard so far from what both of you have said is a chunk of time. And so it's really guarding that time and then setting priorities um, and, and setting that those priorities, sometimes I might have to outsource some of those things that are related to my self-care. And I'm thinking about the role of other women in my self-care. I mean, my, the, my nail technician, my masseuse person, my therapist, uh, my mother praying for me, my Bible study group, my yoga group, just thinking about even the role of other women in my own kind of self-care. Um, so yeah, for me, a big thing with self-care is it's setting priorities to do the things that, that I value and taking things that I've learned about myself. Like what are my energizers? What are my drainers? Um, what are things I'm passionate about? Things that make me feel strong. What are people that make me feel strong um, or energize me? And doing more of those things. And for me, it has to be sustainable. Like I can't always go to Bali. I mean, you know, as a form of self-care, but it's thinking about what's in my house that I can access every day as a form of self-care for myself. What's across my street? What's up the street? What's in my city that I have access to on a regular basis? Most of the things are free that can help me to be at my best. Um, yeah. What about you, Lynn? Well, how, do you, how do you view self-care? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think of it as a holistic way and I do agree with you, um, Yvette, that it is very time consuming. And I think that 
you know, professional women have very demanding jobs. They may be also mothers or caregivers to, to their parents. So it, it is something that we do have to be intentional about. And I agree that you do have to prioritize or, you know, like Regina, you mentioned outsourcing some things like your house cleaning or, um, I would say, I wish I had my own clone to help me do all the things in my to-do list, but I think it is about prioritizing. And I think it is about, I think, you know what I think? I think, I think of self-care as being really attuned with your body and knowing what it needs. So I oftentimes tell my clients, sometimes for self-care, you need something that will energize you, like going dancing or meeting up with friends for dinner or going to a social event, right? We need energizers at times for self-care. And sometimes we need respite for self-care. We need to just lounge on the couch, right? Have a date with our couch and do nothing. Have, you know, you're laying in the couch, you're ordering food from your phone that gets delivered to your door and you crawl over, get the food and eat, right? Um, so I think it's it's about attunement. I, I see self-care in a holistic way, like I was sharing earlier, you know, that, that, you know, paying attention to our physical selves, our social selves, our emotional, psychological selves, our spiritual selves. But I also see it as a attunement with your body, being able to really read and identify what it needs. Do I need to energize for self-care? Maybe I've had a really draining week and I need something that will energize me or motivate me. And at other times, Maybe I'm beginning to get sick or my body is physically drained and what I need is respite. I need to have a quiet weekend where I'm not doing a whole lot. So I think it's really attunement because the types of self-care we need are going to be different at different times. So that's why I I hate that our society, when they think of self-care, they associate it with petties and massages, right? Um, because I think it's so much more than that. Um, so... I'm wondering, uh, Yvette and Regina, if you can share some concrete self-care strategies that you like to incorporate in your life and maybe think about it in those ways. Like, I don't know if you ever thought about it as, you know, self-care as an energizer or a respite. So I'm curious if you could share with our listeners some concrete ideas that they might borrow and take with them. Okay, I'll get you to start it. Um, so when I think about self-care, you know, you talked about having a draining week and having to crawl to kind of get your food. And honestly, when I think about self-care, I think about preventing those situations in my own life. I think about what can I do on a regular basis so that I stay full of energy and full of joy? And how can I structure my day and life in ways that I don't get to the point that I'm giving out of depletion? And I'm still giving out of a place of overflow. So for me, a part of that is scheduling. I'm really self-protective about how much I schedule in a day and in a week. I'm really particular about the, the work that I take and the things that, that I say no to. Because I know about myself that I don't work well um, in last-minute situations. And I don't work well when I'm overwhelmed. So I give my gift myself the gift of a very flexible schedule where I have a lot of wiggle room in a day and in a week um, to make adjustments for fun or for family or for things that that might come up for me. So that's what I do. I give my love, myself a lot of cushion in my, my schedule. I relate to that a lot, Yvette, because I think about margins 
Because there's always, you have to plan for the unexpected and self-care doesn't always come at a convenient time. It's always, so scheduling is really important. Intentionality, attunement. I also think self-care is really about, um, for me, I think one of the strengths I bring to the table is that I always try to make sure every week I have something to look forward to and I have built in joy because part of self-care and, and a lot of, you know, some of my research pans this out, which is if you can have positive emotions, it's that energizer thing you were talking about, Lynn. If I can feel joy, if I can feel content or, or feel like, wow, I'm enjoying being around people. Um, that's great. Like we, all three of us are talking about, I just love hosting and even cooking for people, even if it's just really simple. I love being able to take a dip. It's going to be like a hundred some degrees this week where we're at and taking a dip, even if it's for five minutes, um, planning little outings um, with my family or friends, even if it's not predictable for me, I just need to make sure that I've got something every week where I'm out. I like to be out and about. And so if I can do that, I've, I feel really, um, yeah, I don't feel like I need to do much else and I can focus on my work. Cause I know, okay, this, I can power through this because I have this other thing that I'm looking forward to. So I really, those are my takeaways, like leaning into joy. And how about you, Lynn? So I have to admit that this is not my area of strength. That's something that I struggle a lot with. So I think, you know, I want to be really open and honest that I'm a work in progress in this area. Um, I have a type A personality. I'm a workaholic. So I'm always doing, and that's where, that's my safe zone is when I'm busy doing things. So I always say that I'm not very good at slowing down, even though the older I get, I'm noticing that I don't like to be as busy. Um, I, I love Yvette, how you say you don't overschedule yourself, you know, that you're very mindful of how much you schedule in a given day. And I think that again, this unhealthy pattern of if there's an hour free, then I can book that, right. If someone needs to talk to me. Um, so I love that idea of, you know, protecting your schedule and allowing breathing space. So, um, so I'm not very good at it. So I'll start by saying that. But some of the things that I really try to implement, I think working from home during the pandemic actually forced me to really look at self-care because I I was pretty depleted working, you know, 12 hour, 13 hour days. So what I started doing because we couldn't go out and do the things um, is kind of very simple things. So like I said, I am very busy. I, I do a lot. So I have very, I'm, I'm spread pretty thin, but I will share some of the things that I do do. So I like to sit outside and drink my coffee. And you know, how long does it take you to drink coffee? Five minutes, eight minutes. Um, so I like to go outdoors. You know, there's a lot of research out there that says that being in nature soothes and calms our nervous system. So I try to, even though I might be like a mad woman driving into work, I allow myself even like a couple minutes to just sit, drink my coffee. I love to go to my backyard because I have a lot of birds. So I love sitting there and kind of utilizing all my senses, you know, drinking my coffee, tasting. I love the taste of coffee. So whether it's regular or decaf, I just love the taste. Listening to the birds, hearing the, the wind blow, feeling the wind, the breeze on my skin, you know, seeing the ruffling of the trees, looking at the blue sky, looking at the trees, you know, looking at color planes that are flying by. So I think that kind of 
is very relaxing and it helps my nervous system to regulate itself before I jump on to the next task. Um, walking around my neighborhood. I've always, that's actually a family ritual and tradition that started um, when I was, I want to say elementary school or um, high school. I remember, I think it was during high school that my grandmother was in the wheelchair and my, my grandmother was a very active walker. They, it was a tradition my mom and my grandmother had in their small town and they would go on walks in their small town and say hi to anybody that was out looking at them. And then it's a tradition that they continued. So I remember after dinner, we would go out. Grandma was on the wheelchair and either my mom or I were, were pushing you know, her. And we would go around the neighborhood admiring front lawns or you know, that cute door color or just observing and talking. And it was actually such a beautiful time of connection. And to this day, walking around my neighborhood is self-care. It's not walking in the treadmill at the gym. It's not, you know, in a parking lot. It's really walking in my neighborhood because it takes me back and it reminds me to that bonding time of connection with my mother and my grandmother. Um, So that's something I do for self-care. And then another thing, like I said, I'm very busy. I go from one place to the other all the time. And um, what I do is um, when I'm shifting, right, from my academic job to my private practice, sometimes I'll go from one to the other is I park the car and I listen to a song, you know, what's, how long is a song? Two minutes, two and a half minutes. Everybody has two, two and a half minutes. Um, Sometimes I'll get, you know, coffee and, you know, on the way there and sit and listen to the song I'm listening to for two or three minutes. So, you know, little things, again, I don't have too much time. Um, but I think there's little, these little moments and I think going out, absorbing the sun, right. We get vitamin D and there's something soothing about sunbathing. So that's what I learned during the pandemic, actually, because I was working from home and, um, I made it a point that in between my appointments or the classes I was teaching that I would go outside and just sit in the sun, no phone, no electronics, right. Cause I was here all the time on the computer so I really would take those pauses during the day and then I would eat my lunch outside and take an hour lunch break I'm very you know I have to say I overbook myself I'm not like Yvette who protects her schedule I tend to overbook myself but if there's something sacred in my calendar is my lunch hour I will block it I encourage everyone to block an hour for lunch even if you don't it doesn't take you an hour to eat to so just block an hour for lunch. That is sacred in my calendars is my hour lunch break. So, and, you know, I think it's important to kind of like we were saying, and I think Yvette, you mentioned this too, that it's not something that we wait till we're drained. So I think it's important to practice self-care daily, not when we're already depleted or exhausted. It's a way to prevent that level of exhaustion and complete depletion you know, most people will start to do self-care when we get sick or when we begin to feel overwhelmed. I think, I mean, those are definitely cues and messages our bodies are giving us, right? You're feeling a little under the weather and you're like, okay, got to slow down a bit. But I think just like Yvette said, um, we have to be proactive and, and prevent before we get to that level of depletion. I think, like I said, it doesn't have to take much. It could be that you know, mindful drinking coffee outside or going on a short stroll or, um, you know, I remember when I was working a full-time as a therapist, you know, I only have 10 minutes in between clients and I would go outside and go up and down the stairs and exercise for a little bit, get some movement in my body for 10 minutes or sit outside and absorb some sun rays or 
listening to music, but not working, not checking my email, not checking my voicemails, you know? Um, so I think it's so important to, um, to be proactive in self-care to prevent things like burnout and illness and overwhelm. So self-care is taking care of our whole body, mind, and soul. So I challenge you to rethink self-care for you. And I'm going to leave you with this question. How will you take care of yourself today? Well, hopefully this podcast, the lab podcast, a conversation between Latina, Asian, and Black women has been a form of self-care for you. If so, we would love to know. Please rate our podcast, subscribe, and share it with others. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We look forward to the next. Thanks for listening to the lab podcast, where we empower women to use their repertoire to heal and thrive. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be a replacement for professional services, including psychotherapy. Please leave a comment on how this content has served you and find out how to reach us in the show notes.